Hello, folks. Um, it, what you're about to watch is a very difficult episode. There's a lot of disturbing facts in there. It's a real-life accounting of, uh, of from a rape survivor, and she details her story and, and what happened to her. And uh, this episode is a follow-up to the episode on the Supreme Court's uh, ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade. It's uh, it's an important ruling, you know, for for everyone in the country. Um, you know, there's a lot of protests going on from both sides of, of the equation. And, um, you know, some people ask me, well, how is the country going to change after this overturning of Roe v. Wade? Remember, the Supreme Court did not outlaw abortions. They just said that abortions are not a constitutional right. So states are allowed to either ban it or allow it. Um, there is going to be, there's up to maybe 26 states, including big, you know, populated states like Texas and Florida that uh, will likely ban abortions completely or ban them after the first few weeks of pregnancy. And some states, uh, potentially up to 10 states, will not have any sort of exceptions for uh, rape or incest. So um, it is a topic worth discussing, you know, and this episode will kind of give you some like a firsthand account of kind of uh, what happened to to this uh, to this person and and how she you know survived through it, uh, and then I I also want to provide a phone number if there's anyone out there that's kind of suffering from you know sexual abuse or sexual assault you can call this uh, National Sexual Assault Hotline that phone number is eight hundred six five six four six seven three and and you know so enjoy the episode and please if you have comments concerns questions. I always love to hear from everyone. So uh, enjoy the episode, and, and uh, hopefully I hear from you after that. How are you doing today? Great. How are you? Good. I'm excited to have you on. So I want to uh, introduce this to my good friend Mimi, and um, we've, been, uh, we've been buds for a while, and uh, I'm excited to have her on on the show so good to be here thank oh, you thank you thank you thank you and uh i am grateful that mimi is willing to share her story and as i told as i told you when we were talking about this it's my goal is to like share your story and it could empower other women in the world and other uh people and kind of maybe some people are going through what you've gone through and maybe you know they could like hear your story and what happened and and it could kind of like um, you know, improve their, their lives and, and stuff. So, yeah. And I want to thank you for being willing to have me on, for inviting me and for being willing to have this conversation as a man as well. I think that's a really big deal. And I think it's really important that, that men are having this conversation too. So I really like, I, uh-huh. that means a lot. Thank you. So, and it is a big topic. Yes. So. Yes. And just, yeah, <laughs> just for background. Okay. So what happened was there was the the Supreme Court decision, and I did a podcast on on that. Um, and it, in that Supreme Court decision, the the justices overturned fifty years of law and said that uh, the abortion is not a constitutional right, and that states could outlaw it, and states can do basically whatever they want, right? And um, that is how I learned about about this right because then you posted um your story and it's uh do you want me to kind of just 
just to give the, the audience a little, right? Sure, so yeah. you posted some of your story and I read it and, you know, I was, I was, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I was shocked. I was like, I, I was like, I, it really got to me, you know? And then mm-hmm. that's, you know, I called you and you were like, you know, uh, uh, grateful enough to do this. So, well, tell us, okay, what made you decide like, kind of like to, to post such a story? And, and, and then if you want to like start telling the viewers, like what you posted that, that started this conversation. Sure. Um, well, that whole situation um, with Roe versus Wade, just it ignited something in me that I was like, I have to. And I've shared my story in the I have a very um, dynamic story with a lot of pieces to it. And so I have shared my pieces of that story along the way over the years in many different ways. Um I uh, haven't quite gone as open and deep as I did with this one. And when that happened with the Roe versus Wade stuff, I was just like, I have to. And so um, I just decided it, it just like came out of me. And I was like, this has to be this has to be told. I actually had called my daughter and had her like be on the phone with me when I pressed post because I knew it was going to be a big deal um, for me. But I just feel like people need to hear it. People need to know that they're not alone. Even though the topic is becoming more public, um, it's still a situation where people feel very alone in what happened to them, whatever the story is. Um, So that's kind of what led me to put it out there. Right. And then you went into detail of your uh, childhood, right? Yeah. And and then when I was talking, so what... so you you grew up with your mom correct right and she was raising a single mom right Mm -hmm. and your dad wasn't there your mom was there so tell us a little bit about your mom while you were growing up and what how everything kind of like unfolded sort of sure um so my mom is a drug addict and alcoholic and um i was essentially mostly raised by her um i did have a stepdad for a little while but they split up when I was very young. And after that happened, my mom went pretty deep into her addictions. And um, that evolved into her becoming a drug dealer. And so, you know, we had this lifestyle where people were in and out of our house all the time. People were coming to do deals with her. We, we actually on our patio had one of those um, sensors, like when you walk into a store and it beeps. We had one of those at our front door wow. um, so that she could hear when people were coming. Okay. Um, and so that's who the person was that ended up sexually abusing me. Um, and he was one of her quote unquote best friends. Oh, um, and that is a very common piece of the story for a lot of people. It's a family member, it's a family friend, you know, it's someone that the family trusts. And that's who this person was. And you, when did he first come into your life? Um, I was about nine, 10 years old. Okay. And um, he was someone that I looked up to. It was like kind of a babysitter, but kind of a uncle kind of figure. Um, he was someone that was consistent and was around a lot, and I kind of felt safe with him, whereas most of the people around I didn't feel that with. Um, so he really established that friendship with my mom, 
and then established himself as someone that we could trust. Right. And mm-hmm. then he, um, so when did he start abusing that trust? And Yeah. So that was very shortly after he came into the picture. So probably about 10 years old. Um, and he came into my room at night and would do things to me. Um, and, and then by the morning he would be gone. So he would either be out sleeping on the couch or he would have left. And uh, my mom was so busy with her, you know, business (laughs) that, um, she wasn't really in tune with what was going on with me. And I remember really like yearning for that connection with my mom and not having it for really ever. Wow. Yeah. And then, so this happened for a long time. Yeah. This guy was in the picture and and this happened a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, uh, what happened happened when you were 14. Yeah. So, um, the, so it started as molestation, um, and then it turned into intercourse and, um, my, I ended up pregnant at 14, 14, 15. Um, and I went to my best friend at the time and told her, and it was her parents that took me to have an abortion. And where do you recall where, like it was, did you say it was maybe a planned parenthood? I think it was a planned parenthood. It was uh-huh. down south um, uh-huh. in San Diego. Okay. Yeah. And then when you went, you, um, do you, okay, so you went with your best friend's parents mm-hmm. and they took you to the planned parenthood and yep. that's where you got it. Do you remember, um, like, did you feel, like, did, did they talk to you? Like, do you remember if the doctors talked to you or did you have to like go to counseling or anything? No. And this would have been around the year 2000, no, uh. So, 1990, like mid nine, early nineties, early nineties, let's say, right? Ninety. Yeah, yeah, probably okay. early nineties. Early nineties. Okay, yeah. So, so early nineties, and you went to the Planned Parenthood, and you don't recall if there was counseling or doctors. I that don't recall to you? much about any of that. Um, I know that we didn't tell anybody, so either they had to vouch for me, or I just was able to go in and. Uh-huh do it or maybe they vouch like they said they're your legal guardian maybe for something like it could have been something like that mm-hmm. so how how did you make that decision at 14 i just i just knew that i couldn't have a baby mm-hmm. i just you know and with this person you know um it was tumultuous he, you know he, he was abusive and my mom and her so by this time i think my stepdad was in the picture and they were abusive with each other. So there was just all kinds of physical, mental, emotional abuse going on in the home. And um, I just knew I wasn't ready for something like that. And I also want people to know that we don't always get pregnant by choice, right? Like, I don't think that people should be forced to keep these pregnancies and have these babies. And not only that, but you know, if they do, then they're in a, I would have been in a drug induced environment. Who knows what would have happened? That baby could have been taken away from me or we could have been, I mean, there was one point when I was on the streets with this guy, um, you know, so who's going to take care of all of that? Who's going to make sure that the baby's okay and I'm okay. And, you know, like what, where's the consideration for the whole picture? Right. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I understand. I mean, what would you like? There's some people that say, well, you know, um, 
it's it's rare that this happens or it's you know there's other things you could have done or there's adoption there's like you know how people always like what would you say to those folks it's not rare it happens a lot and i've actually i actually follow um someone on social media who was adopted um and you know the similar story i think it was an unwanted pregnancy and she talks about how that's not that's not a solution to this. That's just a whole other set of issues, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, no matter how you cut it, it's not an easy decision. And there's problems and things to deal with on every every side of the story, you yeah. know? And it's it sounds to me like you're saying then there are, you know, at the at the least, it sh- the, the decision should be in the woman's hand, like in your hand, as opposed to no dis- no choice. Yes. Is that right? I yes, mean- absolutely. Regardless of what the story is, what the situation is, I should be the one to make that final decision. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, th- thankfully, like you, you, you know, you're still here. You're, you're doing awesome. Like you, it didn't get easier after that. Right. Like this, this guy was still in the picture. Yeah. Like- he was still in the picture. Um, you know, my mom's disease was progressing um, and it got to the point, well, she ended up having two babies along the way as well. So I have two siblings who are um, 14, 15, 16 oh, years now? younger oh, you, than me. Okay, okay, got it. Oh, so after this, like then she had another yeah. two children. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I lost my spot. Um, so you were 14 and. 15, yeah. 16. And so, she, so she ended up being in and out of prison. Um, while this is all going on still, I'm still being abused, but there was points when he was the only place I had to go. I felt like he was the only person that, you know, he told me he cared about me and he told me he was doing these things because he loved me and I'm 14 you know, this has been going on since I was 10 and I'm 14, 15, 16. I'm brainwashed, essentially. Like, mm. this is something that I'm stuck in. Um, but I, I did start to wake up during that time and tried to get away. Um, there was one time, which I shared in my post as well, where he held me at knife point and wouldn't let me leave. So he was on drugs, too. Um, but yeah, he, you know, I felt stuck. And I felt like I couldn't tell anyone because if I did, then my mom would be in trouble. Oh. Um, so I was also protecting my mom. Oh, because she'd be in trouble potentially for like like child neglect or child abuse mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. So that's one of the reasons why you didn't want to like call the police or call mm-hmm. the principal or whatever. Yeah, cause... because I knew that she was breaking the law and she was doing plenty of things that would have gotten her in trouble. A lot of my childhood was spent making sure that my mom was okay. I really wanted to be around her. I really wanted to protect her the, as much as I can. And that meant staying right. for me. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm sure a lot of people would say, well, why didn't she get out? Right. Like you said, you're 15, 16 and, and all these other things are going on. Yeah. Then the unthinkable happened, right? Like it happened again. It happened again. Um, and that time I was about 16. Uh-huh maybe 17. Um, and that, by that time I was starting to wake up to what was going on and, and realizing that I needed to get away. Um, and I told my mom. So you told your mom, 
pregnant and this jerk is yeah okay wow how was mm-hmm. how did you decide to do that um it was at a point when i knew that i needed to do something different to uh-huh. help me get out of it um and so i didn't know what else to do i had to tell her because i knew that she would probably not be very happy about it yeah, you yeah. know if she knew what was going on um but i also didn't have feel like i had a lot of other options anymore okay um and so you know, she was outraged. Um, and she was the one that took me the second time okay. to get an abortion. And, um, do you, uh, do you remember that time, uh, what it was like? Did you have to talk to the doctors or like, what do you remember? Like the process before it happened or no, no? right. I, 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 just, love it. Yeah. I know. And I, it's hard because a lot of stuff I know i kind of blocked out, you know? Um, but I remember it just being, I remember we just kind of went and I don't remember there being a lot of stuff to work through to get to, to have it done. Okay. Yeah. And so you, right. So you made the decision and then you, uh, you went and you got it done. And then I, and then what I remember from your post, Mm -hmm. um, it was really tough. The, uh, what is it called? The post-surgery? Yeah. Um, it was really traumatizing. Um, I when I remember going in and I remember being put to sleep for the procedure. Um, and then I remember waking up in a room that was kind of like a, you know, like when you go into an ER room and there's a bunch of beds that are separated by curtains. That's what it was like. And there was rows of women um and so many of them were crying because they were all waking up too and it it was awful and it made me question looking back on it especially like it made me question what really happened like what was really going on in those places because it was I don't know if it was legit (laughs) you know um what do you mean legit? Like, you don't know if it was a good idea or if it was legal or... I don't know if they had the proper safety protocols in place. I don't know. So, you know, so there is another side to all of it that I that I can see now that it's like, well, we there needs to be um, safety protocols and there needs to be things in place to make sure that this is done properly in a way that's safe for the woman and, you know... Um, I don't know if it's like that out there. But do you know if the other women, do you think they, I mean, it was like a painful procedure or, or if it was, it wasn't done right, or they didn't give them enough like, like pain meds, or it was the fact that they woke up from the, this procedure, like, so maybe all of the above, like what do maybe you think all of the on? above. I think what I was hearing was emotionally traumatizing to them. They knew that they had just let go of a baby. And there was one woman that was crying like my, for her baby. Oh, so yeah. And you, and she was saying, mm-hmm. what was she my saying? My baby, oh. like you took my baby. So I don't know what, you know, obviously don't know what her story was, but yeah. Wow. And then, um, things got better after that for you, right? This is <laughs> yeah. like, like memes is, is on track, right? Um, like you did, you got yourself out and mm-hmm. you took your two, uh, siblings with you, right? This yeah. is the, so obviously did, some time passed, right? but, um, yeah, I got out of that situation and that relationship. Um, I think I mentioned to you that we tried to go to law enforcement at oh, one point. Right. That's, that's yeah. I was going to ask, 
You went to the police mm-hmm. and told them about what this guy has been doing for years. Yeah. And um, this is the the police department, right? Yeah. Uh, Escondido Police Department? Mm-hmm. And what did they do when you told them They said this? that we didn't have enough evidence to prove that anything had happened. <sighs> yeah. And they wouldn't even question this guy or, or anything? Nothing happened after that. All right, so well, and interestingly, okay. that guy is still in Escondido. I know. This, so, I know. Mm-hmm. I know that... Um, this guy that did all this to you, so the police didn't do anything. They didn't, they didn't even call the guy because they could have called them. They could have, you know, police have this trick of like, they talk to someone and people just start talking. Like he could have admitted it. Right. Right. And, and, um, anyway, so they didn't do any of that. Wow. Okay. Um, and then you're saying, so this is like now 20 years later, real quick, or or 20 years later, we're going to flash. Than, more than that. 20, 25 but. <laughs> years later, right? Yeah. We'll flash back. And you still see this guy yeah. in the community here in, in Escondido? Yeah. Like where? How? Yeah. Um, I've seen him once at the grocery store. Um, the first time I saw him was at my gym. And um, he started walking up to me and acting like we were old friends. Like, Mimi, is that you? And I was like... You know, obviously I was really triggered and um, I just told him, don't ever talk to me again or I will do something about it. And he I ended up leaving the gym at that time and not going back. Um, but after some years passed, I done I've done a lot of therapy. I've done a lot of work around all of this. Um, I decided to go back to the gym. I And at the time, I wasn't even really thinking like, oh, is he going to be there? Um but I ended up seeing him again, and um, he never approached me or anything. And at one point, he canceled his membership very recently. Okay. Yeah. Right. So um, I've seen his truck parked by the lake at my house, near my house. So, um, yeah, he's oh. around. Well, you know, I got some uh, some buddies here that help me <laughs> produce it. What do you think? Oh, just right. we'll turn off the camera. You can tell me. <laughs> Who this guy is, and we could just go I beat would, the living crap I would crap never out of him. want anyone that I love or care about to be in that situation. But it's okay. I could, I could, you know, what? I could use some jail time. You know, right. make me tougher. I could like uh, talk about it on the podcast. So right. Yeah. I'm happy well, to do it. That's a whole other story. Well, he canceled the gym membership because somebody, a friend of yours, told. Oh right. right? Yes, like, I forgot that part of the story. So I had been going to the gym with my daughter, and I, you know, had to tell her who he was, like, watch out for this guy, stay away from him. Um, and then she ended up getting a job at the gym. And so she ended up kind of befriending a lot of people that go to the gym there. And, you know, we talk to people when we're there. Yeah, and it's a gym. She, people are friendly. Yeah. yeah, and she told her manager about him. Um, but so I guess she had told one of the guys that we work out with and talk to on a regular basis. And this guy told us that he came across him in the parking lot and said, I know who you are. And, um, you know, I, I don't know exactly what he said, but after that, he left. He canceled oh, his God bless him. He's a good <laughs> I know, friend. I like I know. him. I like him. So you're 17, 18, 19, 20. You end up leaving this where, you know, where all this was happened. Yeah. And you took your two siblings. Like, tell us how you did. This is awesome. This is like... <laughs> Yeah, like, this, this is, is the a movie. cool this part of the, my story, the, 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 right? The good part of the movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so I moved out when I was 18, and um, my mom, again, was still in and out of prison. And um, she. so my he's my now ex-husband, um, but he was my boyfriend at the time. And we ended up taking care of my brother and sister 
at one point when my mom went to prison for a year. And, um, you know, we thought that was going to be it. She'll do a year. She'll get out. She'll get her life together. She'll get the kids back and everything will be fine. Well, she did a year. She got out, got the kids back, did what the courts needed her to do, and then went back to drinking and doing drugs. And um, so that's when we said, okay, well, we're going to take the kids. And I told my mom, I told my mom when she got out the first time, if you go back, those kids are mine. Okay. And she said, okay. Um, and so she went back the second time and we she went back to, to prison. To prison. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, um, so we ended up just moving into the place that she was living at the time, mm-hmm. um, to take care of the kids. And, uh, we ended up raising them all this. So at the time we You're were 18, 18 and, and my, like... they were one and three. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then you end up raising them mm-hmm. and because you were fearful that they would like suffer, you know, the same kind of, I already knew where they were going. They, and it probably would have been a different story, but they had already been in and out of the foster system, foster care system. Um, and so I knew that I knew where that their life was going. Um, and I wanted to protect them from that. So how, okay. 18, 19, 20, how are you raising the, like, Kids that are that are just I mean you're, they're your siblings, mm-hmm. so you're raising them. That's that's amazing. How did you do that? <laughs> I mean I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just doing the best that we could, um, and I knew that I wanted to have a family someday. Um, I ended up marrying that boyfriend. Okay. Um, and you know we just did the best that we could, and we ended up having three kids of our own. Oh, um, so in addition, okay, so the, your, your, your two siblings, your brother and sister, mm-hmm. then you had three kids. Yeah. With Okay. Yeah. And, and we raised them. So we raised my brother and sister till they grew up and moved out. And okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so, and then, and then you had the three kids. Mm-hmm. And then you, um, okay, so did you talk to your mom during this time? Like, how was that, that relationship? Um, it was very up and down and um she would try to be in the picture but she would show up drunk and you know she would try to come get the kids for a little while but then she'd be strung out and um it got to the point where I had to say you know like this you can't do this like I had to protect the kids um and so when we started having our own kids and my mom started kind of threatening, like, I'm going to come take my kids. That's when we decided to go to court. Oh, you had to go to court? Yeah, we decided to go get legal guardianship. Oh, okay. And you got it. And we got okay, it. Okay, good, yeah. good. And then, okay. So the legal guardianship, was that, uh, <laughs> that's a tough process, right? The legal it was. process, right? I did it yeah. all myself. <laughs> you did it yourself? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah. you went to the court and you applied and then you had to serve her and, and then- yeah. You had to prove to the judge that the best for your brother and sister was for you to be their guardian, not their own mom. Correct. And you did that. You went in front of the judge and you told the judge, and, yeah. right? Wow, yeah. look at you. Yeah, of course, with the support. I mean, my hus- ex-husband at the time, you yeah. know, we did it together. Okay. Um, but yeah, we did the whole thing. So then you must have went to the to the probate court in Vista. Is that mm-hmm. where it was? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you told the judge there in Vista yeah. uh, the story. And then so they had the the judge was, yeah, okay. Yeah, I got you. we okay. had to serve both parents. Yeah. Um, And my mom had 
said, oh, I'm going to show up and fight you the whole way, but she never did. Okay. Um, and then their dad, so they have a different dad than I do. Okay. Um, we hadn't heard from him in many years, and but we still had to serve him because he was their biological right. parent. Because he has um, the opportunity to object or, yeah, right. to, or to show up and request. say, yeah. no, those are my kids. I'm going to take them. But um, he ended up, we got a call from him out of the blue one day after we served him. And he kind of got the story. He didn't really know what was going on. Um, and he said, well, yeah, you can have those kids. You're obviously the one that's more fitted to Oh, so he signed off. I agree. I consent to legal guardianship for Mimi, uh, Mimi to have the kids. Okay, I got you. So then you did that, and then you got a judgment from the Vista Courthouse. Yep, and we had to gather letters from, you know, other witnesses and things like that. Yeah, no, it's a process to become a legal guardian. It's a a tough legal process, and it's a tough legal process even when nobody denies it or nobody contests it. So yeah. your mom didn't end up going to the judge and, no. and okay, see, and it was still a tough process, yeah. right? Yep. That's our, yeah, yeah. But the lawyer, <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. I know. Cause when people ask me, it's also a tough process, by the way, if it's a, if it's an adult that needs like a special needs adult and mm-hmm. they need, they, there needs to be like a conservatorship. That's also, even when nobody's objecting, it's a tough process, you know? It's I can't crazy. even imagine. I would never want to be know, in law. It, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neither would I. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So look, um, okay. Because this came about, about that, that Supreme court yeah. case. So are you, uh, you know, you're saying then every woman should have this choice. Correct. Right? What do you, what would you say to the people that say, well, what if it's, if a lot of people would say, look, someone in Mimi's position, like God bless her. She should have that choice. Um, you know, but somebody that's like, you know, whatever, 26 and it was like consensual sex and everything's cool. You know what I'm saying? She shouldn't have that choice. Like mm-hmm. th- there's no reason for her to, you know, what do they say? Use abortion as, as uh, birth control. I oh. don't think that abortion should be used as birth control. Uh-huh. I, I don't think that at all. But I also know that I'm not the one to make that decision for somebody. So, yeah. So who's there to to take care of the fallout? of people just having kids all the time. Right. (laughs) So you're saying it shouldn't, uh, you're saying you, you don't, uh, you wouldn't do that or you you don't think it's a good idea, but you're saying it should still be their choice. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, it's important enough where it should, it should be, you know, it's like a, like you're saying it's an, it's, it's a fundamental right. They call it. See the, the Supreme court said that this is not a fundamental right, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. why they said, uh, people don't have the constitutional right to get an abortion. Like, so the state could outlaw it. A state could say for even rape, this, that, like still they have, they cannot have an abortion. So, uh, you're saying it should still be their choice. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and on the, on the same page, we should be making sure that women are educated and women have the resources that they need, the birth control, the, you know, all the things Mm -hmm. that they need, to take care of making sure that doesn't happen or the, the emotional support when they do get raped or, you know, right. Um, so that's the other pieces. The resources need to be there got no matter it. what. Right. I got you. Okay. So hey, hey let's talk about some fun stuff. Okay. So yeah, you know, if somebody wants to connect with you, you are on Instagram, right? I am. And you share like, kind of like what you're doing, like pictures of the kids and all this like fun stuff. And, and your Instagram uh, at I am dot Mimi Marie. Correct. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So I am, I am dot M I M 
I M A R I E. Yeah. Okay. That's correct. <laughs> oh, you know what? We could punch it right here too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, so people can connect with Mimi, and she's uh, a as you can. I don't have to say it, right? Uh, <laughs> she's so wonderful, and thank you. You know, one of the the reasons is is. God for God forbid this has happened to someone else, and I'm sure you know. Unfortunately, these things happen. Like they could reach out, like to me, you, yeah, you know, and yeah. and we could help them find resources, even if it's in a different state, a different country, like whatever. I'm here to help people. Yeah, and and <laughs> so, I will add to that. You know, I'm as I shared with you, I'm kind of in the in transition, figuring out what I want my next yes. phase to be and my career and things like that. Um, but I am in the world of empowering women and health and wellness and nutrition and recovery. I'm in recovery myself. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that I really want to support women so, with. There we go. My yeah. friends, you have a, a support system here in Mimi mm -hmm. and that is, that is amazing. So again, at I am me, I am dot Mimi Murray <laughs> at, at the Instagram and Instagram is yeah. great. Cause then they could even like, message you yeah and stuff and, yeah. and connect with you so that's awesome yeah and um what's it called oh i got a gift for you hey oh my, my favorite candy cheese oh candy. my gosh and, and i'm not sponsored by cheese <laughs> this is just me saying this is my favorite candy oh you're so, so sweet you thank little... you i love chocolate oh me too me too i love chocolate too so <laughs> thank you so much mimi thank and you i'm hoping we you know keep you know the the conversation with people going and stuff. And yeah. I, I'm, I don't know how to explain how grateful I am that you're here. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hoping this, this, this touches people and like gets people to think about this, about these things. And thank you so much. Again, I just appreciate it so much. You putting the word out and sharing my story, but also just supporting women with this very complicated issue. So it thank is. you. And I, and I learned a lot. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank Thanks. you.